I'm Roberto Baldwin, and welcome to the Stupid Podcast Ideas Podcast, where we take our worst podcast schemes, talk about what they could have been, and promptly send them to melt them down into an icky, sticky paste that we, I don't know, stick under our carpets, I suppose. A new podcast will be available every Thursday. Today's episode is sponsored by Hadouken, that fireball punch from Street Fighter 2. It's Hadouken, being loud and annoying, but helping you beat Blanca since 19, I don't know, 91, 89? Uh, the game's been around forever. Welcome to episode number 12 of the Stupid Podcast Idea Podcast. And my guest today is writer and editor Michael Calori. How you doing, Mike? Hi, Robbie. Thanks for uh, having me on your show. Thanks for being on the show. You know, what's funny is if you look in the background, you have like a little red picture and I have like a little red picture. And then on the opposite yep. end, I have a brown, you know, picture of uh, the guy from, from Ghostbusters 2. And you have a- Vigo. Is that Vigo? Yeah, it's, it's Vigo. Thank you. And you have a brown uh, guitar. Yes. You have a and light. you have some sort of weird, a, is that a lap steel guitar? I have a lap steel guitar, but you have like a little <laughs> pink light and I have a pink thunderbolt. I don't know. We didn't, we didn't plan this. It's not some sort of weird, bizarro world idea. But if you're, if you're, if you're listening to this podcast, I apologize for the last 15 seconds. Uh, <laughs> so, so how you, you know, it's been, <clears throat> I don't know, a very long time. Uh, how you been doing? How's, how's the shelter at home? How's the working from home? How's that? <sighs> Are you feeling better now that things have, you know, there's been an administration change, there's vaccines being shot into the arms of old people and, and, and um, healthcare workers. Is, is it helping? Uh, yeah, it's helping a little bit. I mean, you know, as I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing okay. I'm doing pretty good. I think <clears throat> the, the lockdown orders, we're here in San Francisco and we locked down pretty hard, really fast. It forced everybody indoors. And a lot of people weren't prepared for that, you know, like a, mm -hmm. a lot of people weren't ready to like not have society. Um, you know, a lot of people live alone. Uh, and of course, there are a lot of people who had, you know, jobs that are like required them to leave the house. Like they're not knowledge workers like you and I. Yeah. Are. They can't sit at home with a laptop and earn a living for their families. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in, in that regard, like I feel lucky, but also I feel lucky just because like it wasn't. Um, it wasn't as much of a burden to stay indoors and stay safe. Like I basically pivoted really hard to um, different creative projects. Like, okay, so we have a creative project together. You we, and I. We have a, we have a, uh, a couple creative projects together. <laughs> safe to say we have a few. Um, but, you know, they all involve us standing in a room with a bunch of other people uh, mm -hmm. playing music to them. We're in mm -hmm. bands together. So, like, we're performing for people and we're practicing and, you know, working on songs and stuff. And, like, we had to shut down all of the creative projects that involve other people. And everybody had to like start just working on solo creative projects or making those group projects work through like sharing music files through zoom or, you know, doing some sort of collaboration, online collaboration. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I just went into the solo mode. I started working on um, art around the house, music around the house. Uh, I picked up drawing which is like a new thing for me. I'm not a disciplined visual artist, um, mm -hmm. although like I've been working on it. Um, 
you know, I started experimenting with cooking, do all, doing all kinds of, of weird things with cooking that I had never tried before. Um, you know, everybody's sort of making bread. I wasn't making bread right away, but I did eventually. <laughs> I have not made any bread this entire time. I've purchased <laughs> bread and I've consumed bread, but I have not, like, not, I haven't gone down and gotten yeast. I haven't, the closest thing I've made that's, that's bread, um, that I made from scratch was green onion pancakes. Oh, I love, I love green onion pancakes. Um, they're delicious. And I found a recipe and I made some and they were great. And then I just didn't make them again. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's a solid choice for the Lunar New Year too. Yeah, maybe I'll make some more. Yeah. You know, just, just for funsies. Um, well, cool. Yeah, no, I, I, for, I, I kept, I brought all of my instruments home and then I kept buying things like this steel yeah. app that just, it's just a weird thing. And um I put down a lot of like ideas and stuff for songs, but I didn't make any songs until a few months ago when I decided, you know, what's going to force me is if I get people to make me make a song. And so I, I did this thing on Twitter where I said, if you give $50 or more to Feeding America, tell me your name and something that you like, and I will write a song for you, a bad song. It was, I was very, very uh, upfront <laughs> about all these songs would be very bad, but I will write and perform like, you know, little one minute songs for you. And so I did that. And that was actually really fun because you, you, you get so much in your head when you're, when you're writing songs, you're like, Oh, it's got to mean this, or it's got to do this, or it's got to do that. And sometimes you just need to like, just, just do it. Mm -hmm. Just, 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 here's a topic, grab an instrument. Like I'm like, okay, I'm going to play the bass on this one and then just do it. And it's not, you know, most of them are going to be very bad, but then you'll find those little nuggets within those bad songs that you can use in other things. So. Yeah, you're like this one's pretty good. So you set the expectations low, and then then you deliver high. Well, you I hope. <laughs> <laughs> or I set them low, and I just like I just went right under that. It was just limboing under those expectations. <laughs> so so speaking of low expectations, let's talk about your uh, your ideas today. Okay. Uh, one of them is uh, let's see, make it vegan. Okay, now tell me how this show would work, and. and why anyone would want to listen to it because as a, as a former vegetarian um i just didn't want to listen to other vegetarians tell me things but, yeah and vegans are even worse than vegetarians yeah it, they're, they're like the crossfit of, of vegetarians <laughs> yes <laughs> they have they have the dogma yeah um Okay, so the way that this show would work is you have hopefully two hosts. Uh, it could be a video show or it could be an audio show. I think it could work as either, but I imagined it as an audio show. And basically, they take a, a menu item. It could mm -hmm. be anything that's commonly something that is like a, a meat dish or just a non-vegan dish, right? Something like chilaquiles or mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, a cheeseburger is a good one. Um, uh, chow mein, um, roast ham, lasagna, glazed ham. So, yeah. you know, just something and something that's, you know, traditionally not a vegan dish. And then you discuss the ways to make it into a vegan dish. Uh, so, you know, you can have like, you can talk about the different products that go into it. You know, there's all these different substitutes. There's different techniques Mm -hmm. for making things like vegan cheese and vegan sour cream or you buy them at the store you know so it would sort of approach it from all angles and then the hosts would would make the things uh -huh. 
and then taste them and talk about their experience of doing it and and tasting it. So, like, I, okay, so, so I, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> vegan cheese is gross, and I know people who love, and it might be better now. But every year someone went, because I was a vegetarian for 17 years, 17 years, every year someone would tell me, try the fake cheese, try the, the vegan cheese is way better now. And yeah. I'd try it and I'd be so angry because that was really, cheese was really the reason why I wasn't vegan. Because I'm like, well, I'm just going to keep eating cheese. And so I was like, no, 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 try the vegan cheese. And I feel like when you're, when you're a vegetarian or a vegan, you make a lot of, of sacrifices in how things taste. And I think as you you move further and further away from from a meat to make something like meat, it starts to not really taste like meat. <laughs> so yeah. I, so 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 I think it's 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 a uh, a show for people who want I don't know, the visual or is it the cultural idea around me? Because I think that was sort of the big stepping you know the stumbling block I had was the cultural idea that you had meat and something like two sides. And then suddenly then when that main course, which is the meat is gone, it's sort of, you know, it took me like almost a year to sort of like wrap my head around that and, and figure out like how to, how to deal with that. Yeah. I think a lot of, a lot of people, um, and like, if you go to vegetarian restaurants, uh, or like you go to a regular restaurant and then there's the vegetarian item, often they'll try to make up for that lack of meat by like adding a bunch of cheese or just giving yeah. you like a huge gigantic proportion of something right a giant portion of something so like i think there's a, there's a couple of things about that one is that like the the fake cheese and the fake meats are getting much better especially within the last few years which angers me because it was 17 years of me eating morning star <laughs> right and then suddenly i stopped being a vegetarian and six months later it's this this giant renaissance of fake meats right and like you know, you need something to fill that role for people who are coming from a meat-based diet and who are interested in eating less meat. So this makes it easier for them to eat less meat if there's like a vegetarian option that is like the simulacrum of meat, mm -hmm. right? So like an Impossible Burger, it's the kind of thing where people are like, you know, when Impossible Burger first came out, I think you were still vegetarian at the time. And, you know, we were trying it and... Um, this is like two or three years ago, I think is when it first sort of rolled yeah. around, right? And everybody's like, what do you think of it? What do you think of it? And I'm like, it just tastes like a really good veggie burger. It's fine. You know, it's, it's not it, about like making a better veggie burger necessarily. It's, it's about like giving people who would normally eat a burger the option to not eat a burger and have it not suck. So, so who do you think, so the, the, the make it vegan, do you feel like, I, I feel like even, I think the word vegan turns off people like immediately. If they, 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 they don't like meat eaters, especially the hardcore ones, they are already angry at vegetarians for some unknown reason. I, I had so much anger directed towards me from, from people, family members. Who it's because we're better than other people. That's why. <laughs> <And> that, <laughs> so, so when you, when you add vegan and said that next day, again, the CrossFit of, uh, of eating, um, <laughs> Do you do do you do you, do you think you're just gonna have people listening to get angry? Is it a hate listen for some, and then maybe an educational listen for others, and then you got like four vegetarians listening to it? I think I don't think there's room for a hate listen. Maybe like maybe if it was on Clubhouse, people would hate listen. This is you know this is essentially Clubhouse what we're doing right now. Is it really? 
I could well, just how come, if I could just have a bunch of people just log into this right now. But Alec, how, how come Mark Andreessen isn't blocking us? Um, I don't know why he hasn't. To be to be perfectly honest, I have no idea why he hasn't blocked me because I've said <laughs> a lot of things to him about his bad tweets. Other people at his at, uh, at Anderson have uh, they they have blocked me. I've been blocked by quite a lot of VCs and alt right people, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, same. I'm okay with it. Um, so I think I, I don't think there's enough room uh, in the like the podcast landscape for a hate listen. I think there's like so much good stuff out there to listen to that like hate listen it might be sort of a waste of time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. So you got okay. twelve. You got twelve. Vet, you got twelve vegans who um, who are willing to 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 listen to you. But I still think that you're going to like half of those vegans are going to email you and say that's not right. That's not yeah. Right. Or they're going to say, you know, this product comes from this thing that a bee landed on. And therefore, because the bee, like, might have dropped honey on this year's. Yes. Yes, the dogmatic vegans will come to you. The vegan police. The vegan The cops. vegan police. <laughs> the vegan police. <laughs> so, like, I, okay, here's, here's also why, like, another good reason why this podcast is a bad idea. Um, well, uh, besides the fact that, like, you're talking about, like, a food show without a visual element. Uh, <laughs> It's the, hey, can you hear that? <laughs> I'm chopping up some onions. Yeah. So instead of seeing people eat stuff, all you get is the mouth sounds. Ah. <laughs> and you guys, what, what you have to do is make it worse is just keep saying the word moist. Yes. It's very moist. <laughs> mm, it's moist. Uh, so the other reason it's a bad idea is because, like, I'm, I'm one of those people who thinks that, like, fake meat and fake cheeses and the things that you would use to simulate the non-vegan experience are really only necessary and good. And they really only exist for like as gateway drugs, right? Yeah. There are things that get people over into the, like get people from the dark side across the, the, <laughs> the, the divide. Barrier. Yeah. That, that they, cultural, that like, again, that cultural barrier where you have to have a meat portion of your meal. Yeah. Yeah, they widen the Overton window, right? Yeah. So we we have, um, you know, uh, a great diet that has all kinds of amazing tasting things that are wonderful that have nothing to do with like processed food and, mm -hmm. you know, meat substitutes and cheese substitutes. And like, okay, the thing that I do, the substitute that I do drink a lot is the, the milk, like the oat milk and the almond milk, because mm -hmm. I think those are delicious. Um, but yeah, like I'm not, you know, eating a bunch of Impossible Burger or a lot of fake cheese or anything like that. So like that's another reason why it's a bad idea is because like this show would be about using those things to make the thing vegan. That, that you didn't, that you, that you stopped, be, you stopped being a meat eater to eat. Wait, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I got my brain stuck in a, in a logic loop. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's, that's the long, that's the long and short of it. So okay, so uh, 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 make it vegan, kind of a bad idea because no matter what you do, you're gonna get yelled at. That's yeah. that's 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 the bottom line. No matter what you do, you're gonna get yelled at, unless you're eating. I don't know, whatever. You're whatever gonna piss off a bunch of hippies. You're gonna piss off a bunch of people, um, and specifically a, hippies, and uh, specifically hippies, and you're going to have a cooking show that is audio only where people are chewing. Yes, you're just gonna. It's gonna be three episodes before the you and your 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 co-hosts are like, ah, this was a bad idea. Yes, I'm so I'm so tired of getting emails. 
<laughs> I'm so tired. They're going to tweet at me until until Kingdom Come. So, yeah, you're in a lot of bad, a lot of a lot of people sliding into your DMs. Um, so let's talk about your your next idea. Now, what it, uh, I'm just going to let you pronounce it. Oh yes. Uh, <clears throat> okay. This is this is a show called Yishkol. Yishkol. Okay. Yishkol. It, 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 it is a it is a show about Pink Floyd bootlegs. Yes. Now, yes. <laughs> now I don't. Okay, I already see a lot of problems with this. Just just right off the bat, because first of all, first off, Pink Floyd. When you're listening to Pink Floyd, you want the full wonderful audio experience you don't want some shitty bootleg that phil from fucking minnesota like taped on his iphone <laughs> or, or not even on his iphone on his like tascom four track recorder <laughs> back yeah. in 1989 from the fifth row next to someone going yeah play money <laughs> That's, so that's one problem because Pink okay. Floyd is one of those, it's one of those bands like Pink Floyd, Rush, there are these bands where you just like, oh, hold on. I want to put my headphones on and I just want to be lost in the experience. Okay. Now, the Grateful Dead, like the Grateful Dead, like, oh, it's kind of scratchy. It's kind of like, that's very much a grateful, you know, you're like, okay, I can hear the, the audience. And that's, that's more of a, yeah, this makes sense for the Grateful Dead. Pink Floyd, not so much. Okay, okay. so there's that. All right. I'll address that point after you're done. Okay, so and you know people are gonna be like we got it from the board. I'm like you're still it's still not gonna sound as awesome. Uh, B, what do you do? You just like play a track and like hey, that was cool, right? <laughs> <laughs> until until you get a cease and desist from Pink Floyd. Hey, stop playing our songs. <laughs> stop playing these these bad, poorly recorded. <laughs> Unauthorized versions of our tunes, please. Please, for the love, <laughs> just stop. No, so this this show would be uh, in depth analysis of specific Pink Floyd bootlegs, and um, it, there would be one episode per bootleg. So, like this week, we would be discussing Oakland seventy seven, mm -hmm. and next week we would be discussing um, you know Montreux nineteen seventy. Or something like that. And so would you listen to the bootleg and then stop a song to talk about like if you listen right here? You no. Can... Okay. No, no, that's that's how, no how would it would would you be listening to the songs? Would you just be talking right. about well, it and telling people, okay, everybody, we're all gonna listen to the song at the same time. So put it on in the background. And when I said <laughs> push play, we all push play and then we have a discussion along with the music playing in the background. No, so the certain... no. no, okay. No. Okay, so first we have to talk about the name, all right? Okay. The name Yishkul, which is Y-E-E-S-H-K-U-L, mm -hmm. um, is this word that is like infamous in Pink Floyd bootleg trading circles. Uh, it comes from a show that happened, uh, I think it was uh, the bootleg, the, the tape, the Yishkul tape, is from um, the Dark Side of the Moon tour, 1973, recorded at Maple Leaf Gardens in Toronto, Ontario. Mm -hmm. And the show starts, the tape rolls, they start with echoes, and in like the first 10 seconds of the tape, this guy somewhere close to the microphone. So like this is somebody, 
taping yeah. the show, like sitting at center ice, you know, yeah. watching the band play at the stage at the end of the, this giant arena with like hidden microphones because you couldn't yeah. tape openly in those days. Yeah. I think Floyd's road crew would come and beat you up or whatever. Um, they, they would, they would be surreptitiously taping. So they, there's like some guy sitting in the crowd with microphones, like in his hat or like, you know, on his shoulder yeah. or something. And this dude, like two or three seats over yells, you're cool. And it's like <laughs> very clear on the tape. Yeah. And then they play Echoes. They finished Echoes. And the guy's like, yo, that was great. He's cool. He's cool. And he's just yelling this over and over again. And you're like, what does that mean? <laughs> that question, what does Yishko mean, is one of those things that has like confounded Pink Floyd bootleg scholars since you know 40 years ago when that tape first circulated. Well, I, I... So that's the name. So here's what the show is. Okay. You have... <laughs> You get so like you you pick uh, you pick a bootleg to talk mm -hmm. about right, and you spend the show talking about not only like the recording but where the band was at the time when the recording happened. So you're like, all right, so this tour was a tour where they were promoting Dark Side of the Moon, but also they were already had written the songs from Wish You Were Here and a couple of songs that would end up on Animals, and they're in different forms, and they're going to play those, and then you rate the performances, talk about the specific performances, you talk about the specifics of the tape, like how it sounds, um, and the legacy that it has, because they're one of those bands that has such a, a high, highly regarded like bootleg output, like there's a mm -hmm. bunch of really good Pink Floyd bootlegs that they have Excellent sound quality, I might add. Okay, Robert. all right. Well, there's okay. So that's because I have a lot of bootlegs of the of of, of bands that I like, and some of them are, you know, they're pretty good, and some of them are just. I have a bootleg of Prince at like the House of Blues, and it is absolute trash. Mm -hmm. Absolute. It is just. It sounds horrible. Everything about it. Every time it comes on, I just skip it as quickly as possible. Now I have a bootleg of when Prince did his, his final tour with the piano of the show I was at. And it's not perfect, but it sounds very good. And I, I enjoy that, that one because it's, it's a very, you know, it's, it's Prince, it's piano. There's not a lot there. of shit going on. I was there. People were like all happy. Um, and then of course, you know, he, he passed away a few months later, which was you know a tragedy, but it's that, that H that house of blues bootleg that I have just makes me angry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of trashy Floyd out there. Uh, so the other thing is that, um, you know, they, they were a British band. The BBC was really big on recording live music and playing it late at night, like John Peel's show late at night, mm -hmm. uh, or Radio One. He would have, you know, he would play like live concerts. And there are two shows in particular from the recorded in London in 1970 and 1971. I think, or maybe it's 71 and 72. I think it's 71 and 72, where um, the band is like working out material. So they play like Adam Hart Mother and Echoes and Fat Old Son and Embryo and like all these amazing songs that like the, the, the album versions of them are four minutes. The yeah. live versions of them are like 15 minutes. And they are just like, you know, astronomical songs yeah they're just but these are bbc recordings right yeah so, so they sound they, amazing yeah they might be in mono um but like mono. they still they Mono's sound there's also no one, one should be from, angry about mono so like they would they would travel around <laughs> continental europe right so they'd play 
Um, they play like cities in Germany, they play Amsterdam, they play Paris, wherever they played the local radio station or like, you know, the local recording truck would show up and record the show. Mm-hmm. So we have all of these amazing, like, you know, beautiful. So those seem less like bootlegs because they, they, I feel like they're, they're, they're official recordings at some, I mean, they're not official band recordings, but they're officially, you know, at least the band knew of the, yeah. the promoters knew of, you know, they had, you know, access to the sound, to the soundboard. To, yeah. to grab these recordings as opposed to the guy disco you know yeah. yelling right <laughs> but, next to him but they circulate as bootlegs because the band didn't like have the band was very very picky about what was released and actually a couple of them now like they just they a couple of years ago pink floyd put out this giant box set called the early years mm-hmm. and a bunch of those recordings are actually on that box set and like the really good FM recording of Dark Side of the Moon from like 1974 is also an official release now. It showed up as like the bonus disc on the, you know, 35th anniversary, 45th anniversary reissue of Dark Side of the Moon. So like they are actually now official recordings, but for years and years and years and years, like all throughout our childhoods and like the dawn of BitTorrent and all that shit, this was all unattainable. So like you had to- Tapes and, and I, yeah, I remember reading tapes of like Smith's recordings. And then there was a whole like website that had every every show they'd ever done and every everything. And like and all the it, set lists. Everything, it had everything yeah. online and you could download it. And so I would download it from work. And yeah. I, you know, I was kind of lazy about it. And then of course it, it eventually got shut down. So I didn't get everything. So I'm a little angry, but some of those bootlegs <laughs> are real shitty. <laughs> Yeah, some of them are really bad. And there's a ton of really bad Pink Floyd out there, especially from like when they when they moved out of theaters and into stadiums. Like oh, yeah, in, in it's 70s. just echoey. It's like listening to it in a, in a tin can. Yeah, there's like fireworks going off and like people <laughs> screaming and somebody's like, hey, get me a, get me a paps, you know, like all that shit going on during like, you know, during like the organ solo and Shine Any Crazy Diamond. So, so, so how many people do, do you think would listen to, like, because there's, there's the community, but I feel like the community, like this sort of thing would be better served as text that you would read, maybe. Okay, but, so I think if we did this show with the right hosts and the right approach, at least, at least 35 people would listen to every single episode. That's that's that is a pretty good that's a pretty good number because I don't think thirty five people listen to this show. I think maybe five. I think on average it's five listens. So you're on. So your Pink Floyd show is thirty. You know, thirty more people than than this. Um, but I I feel like it's it would have to be something where it, if it were a show about like great bootlegs, like boot like like dead bootlegs and and Pink Floyd bootlegs and like you know. Like Operation Ivy bootlegs and 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 Ella Fitzgerald bootleg, like just a genre spanning show about all these different bootlegs, and you can sort of talk about them and, and introduce them to people who, even if they're fans of this this artist or music or band or whatever, they would learn. Oh my God, there's this bootleg from this show that you know these people did in in in, in you know in a in a shitty club in 1973 and. It doesn't sound great, but you know, it's 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 almost like the uh, suicide, the band suicide. They played a show at CBGB's, or is it? It doesn't matter. They played a show, and halfway through the show, people got so angry at them because they were so different at the time. They they they, they just they, no one else was like 
suicide at that point that they angered the audience and there was a riot and it's in the audio. And then they finally released it as like a, like an audio thing. And that's a great story to like, sort of listen to them and listen to them fighting with the audience. And it's not, you know, it's not a great recording, but the story behind it is pretty impressive. Yeah. And I, I feel like, like just sticking with one band would make that difficult because at some point we're like, yeah, they're uh it's another dark side of the, the moon show. Uh, well, that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> That's the thing is I think that, you know, uh, the Floyd is one of those bands that has like enough weird, like sort of personas uh-huh. throughout the years. Like every tour was very different from the tour before it until they got huge. And like mm-hmm. the 80s, you can skip the 80s. You can honestly, you can <laughs> skip the wall. There's a couple of good recordings of like live recordings of the wall. But, you know, it's like a it's a choreographed stage show. So it's it's mm-hmm. not it's kind of boring compared to the very like freeform stuff they did in the early seventies and in the late sixties. And like, mm-hmm. um, also I think that's like a, a very, you know, uh, a very, uh, uh, overlooked era in their development. Like everybody knows dark side of the moon animals, wish we were here, the wall, you know, the momentary lapse of reason and all that junk they did afterwards. Um, everybody knows all that, but like, you know, the, the era of like saucerful Adam Hart, mother obscured by clouds, metal, like nobody really focuses on that in a way. And that's why it would be one awesome episode of a show about bootlegs. <laughs> so this is actually inspired. This idea is inspired by a show that exists and it's very good. And oh, is it called, about bootlegs? Yes. It's oh, well, there we go. We were in someone else. Not really. It. Kind oh, okay. of. It's called, it's called 36 from the vault and it's uh-huh. about, um, it's a Grateful Dead show, and it's about oh, uh, their so. official releases that they did, like their From the Vault releases and the Dicks picks. So mm-hmm. it like goes through each one, and you know the episode is like you look at the episode and it's like two and a half hours, and you're like, oh, so they it's must like be- one song. <laughs> yes. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> it's such an it's it's such an easy band. Yeah. I'm sorry to Grateful Dead fans because yeah. it's, that, that was that was a softball, really. To be fair, yes. that's a fastball up. We call that. Yeah. All you have to do is swing. <laughs> but yeah, so it was inspired by that. It was inspired by the, the 36 in the vault. I was like, oh, you know what? You should, we should do this show with Floyd, man. All right. Far out. Far out, Floyd. <laughs> I, I still think if you did a show with just random ones, that would be a lot. Really, but yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm thinking 35 people. 35 people sounds about right. Yeah. So you and 34. Well, two of them would be in the show. So 33 people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm currently accepting applications for co-hosts. For co-hosts, so if you are super into uh, Pink Floyd bootlegs from the '60s and the '70s, um, and you sort of poo-poo on the '80s, get a hold of Michael Calori. He works at <laughs> Wired. He's snack fight on Twitter. Just send him a send him a tweet and be like, "Dude, I also like bootlegs from Pink Floyd, and I'm more than happy to to spend two hours every week talking about." Well, maybe probably three hour show. So, yeah. No, I think I think you know you could probably I think maybe an hour per per is probably good. I mean, you know, honestly, just a like, commute, a commute show. I could I could seriously, you know, what we should do we should have a segment in the show called uh, Roger's banter, because Roger Waters was the guy who spoke to the audience mm-hmm. in Pink Floyd, like in between songs, and his banter is is hilarious. Because is it he hilarious? good is a hilarious like bad is it just he's funny he's well he's he's funny but he's very droll 
he sounds like a uh, Englishman, you know? He's like, like hey. he gets up there and he's like, all right, so the next song we're going to do for you is side one off of the album that we just recorded, and I hope you like it. It's called Adam Hot Mother. Ugh, I hate that. But it's like, you know, I know. silence in the crowd. So it's because they're just like, like... no, because they're all, <laughs> they're all they're... smoking pots. They're all doing the drugs and there's nothing Pretty to dance to. And he's not watching this show. I'm making the, the yeah. international symbol for smoking dope with my smoking hands. Smoking the dopes with your hands, <laughs> putting his fingers to his mouth with his other fingers in the air. I've never, you know what? I, I remember in the 80s, I remember people seeing seeing people smoke, smoke. I like, you know what I like to say? Grass. I, like, I remember grass. people smoking grass in grass. the 80s like that. No one smoked weed like that in a good 30 years. <laughs> so let's recap. Uh, <laughs> Make it vegan, a show that will immediately put uh, Mr. Calori on the uh, hit list of vegans everywhere uh, because he's not doing it the way they would do it. And he probably picked something with a shadow. And of course, the Pink Floyd bootleg show, Yishkol. Yishkol. He's, he's anticipating 35 people listening to. And I think that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good number. That's a, 35 people. I mean, you're not going to get that stamps.com money, but you know, no. you're you're 30, maybe, 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 maybe you're going to get 35 new friends on Twitter. who are going to want, who are going to want to have like long, boring DM sessions with you about uh, how one of the, one of the guitars was a, a, a slightly sharp and a wish you were here and hey, poppy cat. <laughs> Sorry. There's a, Chloe just showed me his cat. His cat named Poppy. So. And with that, uh, with Poppy Cat uh, making a cameo and looking very irritated, Poppy uh, is also not a fan of uh, your vegan and your Pink Floyd shows. But, you know, I, we've had one person actually do a show based on something they pitched here. So maybe, I don't know, you'll what lose your it? mind and do what it. What was it? Uh, yelling about movies. Oh, that sounds, that sounds like right up my alley. Yeah, yeah. So they, 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 I have, I, I, unfortunately, I haven't listened to it yet, so I feel like kind of a dick for not doing that, but I should. Because... I, I have I have a, a bonus a bonus bad podcast. Okay, idea. bonus. Let's go for it. Since we're, we're yelling yeah. about which movies to yell about on yelling about movies. There you go. Yelling. <laughs> it's the pitch session. You listen to us pitch. It's like TMZ in the morning. You know, they have that in the the TMZ show where they yeah. they come out and everyone's pitching their ideas and Harvey's sitting there drinking whatever the fuck he's drinking. <laughs> Some uh, the blood of of young uh, paparazzis who have died. <laughs> I hope Harvey's not listening. I used to work for Harvey and I used to work at Clumsy, so I should really shut my mouth. But that's really what he's drinking. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, the <laughs> Stupid Podcast Ideas podcast uh, will air every week. Sure. Once a week instead of twice a week on Thursdays. Um, so if you're down to listen to some stupid ideas, be sure to tune in. Uh, my name is Roberto Baldwin. Uh, my guest today was Michael Calori. Say hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. Now say bye. Bye, Roberto. Bye-bye. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, see you next week. Bye.